I hope you're strapped in and strapped on. That's the beautiful thing about Kinky BDSM. Like, it is all about communication. What, like, kink compatibility looks like. I just saw this and I'm intrigued. Are you intrigued? Packages, pun intended. You know what? <laughs> pun intended on package. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Sex Essentialist. Um, it's M, your host, as usual, and today I am joined by Jave, aka the millennial sexpert. I should say Jave Da Bay, which is like your full podcast guest <laughs> slash content creator name, and I love it because it rhymes. I'm sure you hear that all the time. You are a sex educator, a content creator, writer, erotic model, and activist. Um, for those of you who don't know her, Jave has completed her master's in sex education and is currently working on a PhD in human sexuality. And today we are talking about kink exploration and sharing that with a partner and so much more. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Um, for folks who listen to the show, um, you know, they know that for me, a big part of sex education is the normalization of the wide variety of experiences that, um, you know, the world and our bodies have to offer. Um, people know that I identify as a, as a bit of a kinkster myself and I will try anything at least a couple of times. So I'm really excited to get into this topic. I know from your content as well that kink is something you talk about a lot um, and educate others on. So I'm, yeah, just really overall excited. I keep saying that, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love a good kink conversation. Like anytime there is an opportunity to talk about kink, I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, okay, so before we kind of get into today's topic, um, I'd love to have you just tell the folks listening in um, how you identify, whatever that means to you. Yeah, so I identify as a black, bisexual, kinkster, anarchist, um, social justice activist, absolute like nerd Trekkie, off the wall, like random wino. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That was like a, like a like an amazing combination of things I just heard. Also, I'm I'm a big like I'm a I'm I have a Star Wars tattoo. I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan more so than than trek but big trekkie too big lord of the rings fan i'm also larper i'm working on my comic-con cosplay so I like i <laughs> yeah that's like we should talk nerd stuff later just because um yes. there, i think there is such a massive overlap between um the nerd community and the kink and bdsm communities Same. obviously yeah <laughs> it's like oh i like to play dress up in public and also in bed um like, like, anyway that's anyway we, that's another conversation i'm so glad we have opened that door um yeah. <laughs> so um i love to have guests um kind of introduce themselves to listeners um as a person, as a sexual entity, through sharing uh, some kind of sex or relationship anecdote. And I'd like to open it up for for you to do so now, if you're down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's always so funny. I'm always like, what story do I share? Like, that's hilarious <laughs> in itself. Um, but like, recently, I don't know, I've been thinking back to like my first experience of like going to a swingers party. Um, because in my early 20s, that was very much like I was just I was doing anything and everything you could do. And I got invited to a <laughs> swingers party. Um, 
and this is before like I had like really educated myself around sexing. So I don't know what I was expecting, but it was definitely not what I was expecting. Okay, I do know what I was expecting. I was expecting a bunch of people all in my same age group. Like I was expecting to be in a room with other sure. like early 20-somethings, you know, like <laughs> hot like play folk. Um and so when I get there, it's a house in the valley, like in the valley of LA. So Everything you heard about the Valley is true, y'all. Um, <laughs> and I pull up to this, like, house in, like, a residential neighborhood. And I'm like, there are definitely kids sleeping in houses right next door to this house. What the heck is going on? Um, and I go with a friend, luckily. I do have a friend that goes with me. And we, like, walk in. And we're, like, early. Which, like, that's embarrassing. I thought we was, like, late. We were early to this swinger party. It's, like, um, barely even started. <laughs> literally, like, barely anyone is there except for maybe, like, three or five other people. Like, it's dead um so yikes super yikes and definitely not the demographic i thought it was gonna be it was all much like older individuals like i would probably say like late 30s like being generous but really like more like 40s 50s okay yeah and i was like 22 23 um yeah. so i was like this is this is this is definitely not what i imagined in my head um so it was a it was it was pretty awkward um but it ended up like there were some younger people that eventually showed up and by younger I mean like someone that was probably like in their early 30s so still I was yeah. probably like the youngest person there um so like I did make friends and it was just like so weird of an experience especially because like the way media talks about like swingers like I don't know I always expected it to be like this glamorous thing and this was not a glamorous experience <laughs> by any means like it was yeah. literally in a residential house that looked like it was straight out of the 70s there was one room that had, it was like an actual room, like there were walls, but there was a hot tub and then uh, bunk beds with TVs <laughs> that were playing like 70s porn. Um, and I just like, I'm like, wow, wow. Also, that's like, this is that reminder that tells me to like do my research before I just like <laughs> say yes to going to, to things now. Cause I'm like, is this the vibe that I really want to be yeah. entering into? <laughs> Yeah, it seems like, you know what, good for them. They have curated a vibe. Yes. But it, but was it the one that you wanted to participate in? Sounds like no. It was not. Like, I had envisioned, like, a bunch of, like, younger folks just there to ravish me. Yeah. It was, like, the cute little baby. No, of course. It wasn't the case. It was not the one. Not the one. Not the yeah, one. Yeah, no. I, um... I have never been to a swingers party in part because my mother uh, was a swinger for a number of years uh, with my stepfather. So um, they were part of the uh, quote unquote lifestyle, as people say. Um, and that and she was in her they were they were both in their 40s and 50s. And it was it was like, you know, couples, um, mostly couples, at least uh, their age. And it was like, yeah, like I when I was old enough, you know, my mom talked to me kind of about that and and non-monogamy and and queerness and some other stuff and you know good on her but also like blech, <laughs> like it was just it was yeah but also um yeah I don't know I good good for her but that particular vibe again for me as well I probably would have had the same hopes that you had like it'll be like you know cute and fun and like if a college right? dorm room was like queer and kinky and it's yes. like not, that no. was not it not at all. Like that's that's a perfect way. I was that's what I was envisioning. Like if a college dorm was like kinky, like that's exactly what I think in my head. I was like picturing. 
Which, where was that when I was in college? <laughs> right? I, I'm like, I feel like I've been gypped. I was definitely yeah. gypped. Like, my college experience was nothing like what I think it should have been. Like, I should have been having some wild ass sex. Instead, I was having shitty sex in terrible yep. dorm rooms. <laughs> yes, same. Silence for me is also silent sex because walls are paper thin with back, just back to back toxic men. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, I could have been having. So much better sex. I totally feel that as so well. So much more. Yeah, it's okay. The mid twenties hit me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna open some doors for myself." But yes, that's <laughs> another conversation for another day. Um, cool. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your own? Um, following that, sounds like you weren't quite in the sex ed world at that age. So, po- post that event, um, can you tell us a little bit about your interest in the space and your career journey? Like, how did you? Um, get involved? Where has it taken you so far? Yeah. Um, so actually me getting getting to sex ed was really because I was working in the entertainment industry when I graduated college. I moved to LA um, and I was working with digital creators. So people that had YouTube channels and I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer that I need to know what I ask people to do. So like, I was like, if I'm going to be working with people that have YouTube channels, I need to understand what they do so I can ask them to like do things differently or better. So I started a YouTube channel and after a few weeks, um, my friends were like, you should talk about sex. Um, and I was like, yeah, I should talk about sex. And as I like prepared to like do that, I was like, I don't know enough about sex to talk about sex. Um, so that's where it really started. Um, and I like was like, I'm going to learn some more things, especially around like having safer sex with another vulva, because I was one of those folks before like actually getting sex ed. Um, yeah. that I was like, you can't get an STI if it's two vulvas, which is not true. <laughs> sure. If you were curious, that's not true, y'all. Yeah, um, no, no. <laughs> and so after a while, um, I had the YouTube channel and I was like making videos, um, but I was living in L.A. So I very quickly um, realized I was like, oh, girl, you is not gonna be able to afford this city. So you need to get a second job. Um, So I ended up applying for a job at a sex shop, Um, just like literally randomly off the whim. Like, I think I went to go buy lube and then I saw like a help wanted sign. I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply. And I got hired. And that was that getting that job is what really was like, yep, nope, this is this is the career path for me. I even on the days that I was like miserable, like I was like, I really don't want to be working. I want to be in bed, like binge watching OG Charmed. I loved being at work. Like I loved talking to people about sex toys and like offering them some sex education. And I was like, I love this. I this is this is for me. And a friend of mine was like, oh, if you really love this, you know, you can go to school for it. And I was like, hold up. Nah, you said the magic word. We all know how much I love school. So mm-hmm. um, on a whim, I just like applied for the master's um, and got offered an interview. And even then I was like, yeah, we're going to go all in on this and flew for the interview. I had the option to do it via Zoom. And I still was like, I'm going to go in person. Um, so I flew you. from LA to Pennsylvania, had my interview, ended up getting accepted and then moved and did my master's at Widener University. Um But so I ended up coming to sex ed literally just by happenstance. Like it was never in the plan. The plan was actually to be the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Like I was going to be the next Bob Iger. Um, Okay. (laughs) You know, I took a little detour. A little bit of a (laughs) yes. Just a little bit. (laughs) Uh, 
but it literally came out of my own need of being like, I don't know enough to answer my own questions. Um, and then in that, I realized I was like, holy shit, wait, I fucking love this um, mm-hmm. more than anything. Like selling people lube, talking about sex toys and like helping people to like have a better sex life is just like top tier. Like that's, that's why yeah. I was created to do just that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. It's fun. Like if you have a knack for talking about sex and a hunger to learn, like this is the, it's the perfect combination of topics. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll plug all of your stuff at the end, obviously. But one of the things that I've loved about, um, you know, just like being one of your followers over the last several months, I was trying to like, look back at your content. I was like, when did I even start following? And I frankly just like, can't remember but is that um you're providing so much knowledge information but also um like being yourself like I remember a few months back you took um the online like BDSM quiz that I, and I had just found it too so I like had been te- texting my friend and I was like OMG like other people on the internet are doing this too like there's a relatability and like humor and like I anyway just the way that you present content is um like yes educational and informative informative but it's like fun and your personality is so present in it and that's one of the things that um I love about your Instagram but that's like me fangirling (laughs) I'll stop there um yikes (laughs) um okay so kinks um that's something that you um talk about and educate people about a lot um I'd love to hear a little bit too about um, you know, does does your drive to focus um, or emphasize, I guess, kink and like pleasure over just some of your run of the mill, quote unquote, sex ed, does that come from your own self-exploration or um, something that kind of just sparked, you know, through working a sex shop and going from there? What, what did that look like for you as well? Um, that's really, it's like a mix of like my own personal experience and also just like the lack of education or the amount of misinformation. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, no, we need to talk about this because I know when I first started getting into kink and BDSM, like the amount of stuff that I learned was so wrong and I would never like encourage anyone about any of it. Yeah. Um, because it's bad. It's bad kink and BDSM practices. Um, uh, But so in discovering that I was like, oh no, like I am kinky, which like I've always known I was kinky. Like even growing up, like I was into some things. I'm like, "Ah." the shit I was doing with my brat stalls, weird. (laughs) Right? Like, okay, honey, boo-boo, you were... (laughs) You're a little kinky there. Um, so <laughs> when I like finally found like the words and like the um different like activities that aligned with what I was interested in, I was like, why don't more people talk about this? Like, hmm. this is like so like what this we should be talking about this. Um, and so I really wanted to like make that more common, especially because of like the negative side of like engaging in kinky BDSM in terms of like the vanilla population. Um, all of all of the things that like harm us in a negative way is because there's misinformation around it for the most part and with kink and bdsm it has some serious ramifications because people are like oh my goodness like that's abuse like all these non-true things and so i was like we need to talk about this because there's no reason that someone should lose their job because they participate in kink and bdsm or that they should potentially lose their children um but also like we should talk about it because as a early 20 something year old getting into kink and bdsm with like other people um I was in a lot of situations where I was like, this is not okay. Looking back, I was mm-hmm. like, this was an unsafe situation. Um, this person was a predator. And I'm like, because we don't talk about it, um, 
as publicly, like it's so easy for people like especially like fresh out of college when you move and you go live somewhere new especially in like a major metropolitan city like LA like it's so easy to get like lost in like everything that's happening and not recognize like what's right and what's wrong especially if like your only resource to like learn things is porn um love me some kink and BDSM porn and also it's not where you should go to learn how to do kink and BDSM correct yeah (laughs) exactly entertainment not education yes stimulation yes not education and so I was like now we need to talk about this more because it's like it's so common like I don't know anyone in my life that does not have like some type of kink like they might not Mm -hmm. personally identify as like kinky but like they engage in some type of kink and I'm like for sure we all do it so like why are we acting like it's just like super like oh my goodness thing it's 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 an oh my goodness thing but like a good oh my goodness not like a (laughs) oh my goodness Um, right so I was like, I'm going to talk about this because we need to also because I don't want to hear about um, other folks being in the same positions that I was like going on first dates with um, potential like partners and like off the gate thing being like, you have to use an honorific. You have to do as I say, cause I'm your daddy, like yeah. all those things. And you're just like, I guess this is what I got to do. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Cause at the end of the day, you're still your own person with your own agency. Um, mm-hmm. Screw that folk poser. Like, nah. Um, so yeah. that is one of the big reasons why I'm like, you yeah, know, I'm gonna talk about kink and BDSM till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> Good. Yes, exactly. No, I love that. I mean, not not like I I loved yeah you got it um, <laughs> yep um no exactly I think um similarly for me I um yeah have had experiences with um at least in my experience cis men um though that's um I have I have not encountered this personally with um non cis men I should say but that's not that's not to say other people aren't guilty of it but definitely like you're in a you know at least initially consensual situation, they throw something at you and you're like, wow, we didn't talk about this in advance. Like we didn't kind of negotiate this. I wasn't prepared um, to receive this command or this ask or whatever it is. And like, also I don't want to kill the mood right now by being like, I don't want to do that. Um, And it takes a lot of, um, I think self-awareness and overall education about what positive kink BDSM and fetish play can look like um to to like communicate in advance and to know how to communicate effectively during but um one of the things that comes up a lot that I wanted to address too before we um get into some of my questions is that um I think people people tend to come to me and they're like um what is what is the difference between kink and fetish because um they're used interchangeably people don't know and so like my sort of TLDR and like, I'd love to hear your, your answer as well is like kink refers to, um, you know, a practice or, um, an activity that exists outside of the traditional sexual norm, quote unquote, or behavior, right? The things that we deem as vanilla. Um, and this like, yes, can include BDSM, but it can include things that people, like you said, don't really consider like having sex in public or, being attracted to lacy lingerie. Like there are things that that people don't consider being kinky that can certainly be. Um, Whereas a fetish is, um, you know, like more of an infatuation um, that involves like a strong sexual attachment to a object or a specific material or a body part or or sometimes an activity, but it tends to be kind of like a standalone thing. that can be combined with other kinks and interests. So like 
Um, you can be a kinkster in that you're into BDSM, but maybe you have a leather fetish is like an example of that or a foot fetish, obviously. So um, does, does that kind of align with your definition of the difference as well? Yeah, like I'm, you, yeah, definitely on the kink definition. Like it's anything that's not vanilla um, is a sure. kink. Um, and then for fetishes, I like to describe it as like, it's a fixation on like an object or um, something that mm-hmm. has to like usually has to be there for yeah. you like to have full sexual gratification. So like for folks that have like a foot fetish, it's like, yeah, we can do all this other stuff. But unless you like show me them toes, I'm not right. going to get off. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So like yeah, the yeah. fixation <laughs> that like it's it's if that's not there, like it's not going to be as amazing mm-hmm. as you could or want it to be. Um, so that's how I describe fetishes um in comparison to kinks yeah no that's a really good point yeah it's like the mandatory requirement part of it um so how can individuals in your mind determine um what kinks um and activities kinky activities um that they might be interested in exploring and what are some safe and responsible ways to initiate that exploration yeah so I have like three big recommendations for folks that are like trying to figure out like what kinks or fetishes they may have. And the first one is always going to be watching kinky porn um, because we could talk, we could describe stuff till we're blue in the face over like this podcast, like just talking about it. But like me telling you the details of like some activity is probably not going to land the same way as watching it would. So I always recommend like watching kinky porn. And if you're like, where do you start? I'm a big fan of kink.com. Like I, I could spend hours, like I could watch kink.com like it is freaking the CW. Like I could just keep it on all day. (laughs) Um, Kink.com, that's it. Right? (laughs) Um, So checking out kinky porn um, and then also um, the BDSM tests, like we were talking about from like social Mm -hmm. media, um, that is always a really great place as well. Especially because for most people, when they're like first, first getting started with kink and BDSM, um, they really don't know what things are actually called. They just like know this activity sounds fun. And so that test is really good because it like explains like an activity and then later gives you the language of like what it's actually called. So you can find other people to engage in it with, or even to just like search porn for that specific activity. Um, And then the last one is to just like really like take stock in your fantasies Um, Mm. because I feel like for the most part, like a lot of us don't really sit with our fantasies fantasies to like really like, like really be like, what is it? What's happening that I'm like getting all turned (laughs) on about? Um, So like really taking time, like whether that's like journaling them being like, you know what? It would be so amazing if someone took me, I was working in a restaurant and someone just like, pulled me into the walk-in freezer and banged me in the walk-in freezer like write out the fantasies like see what it is it's like really just like oh that is that's hot and then as you like have a better image of it in your head you can like better figure out like what aspects of it or what types of kinks um Mm -hmm. and go from there but fantasies tell us a lot about ourselves and even if it's not a fantasy that you actually would want to do like maybe you're like it's so hot in my head but like I know for a fact I would be miserable if I was in a walk-in freezer (laughs) like you know it's but like obviously it's a kink that does arouse you um even if it's not a kink that you per se want to engage in um Mm -hmm. so taking spending some time with our fantasies can really help in exploring kink and bdsm yeah that's a great point i i think um at least in my experience and, and anecdotally a lot of people tend to overthink 
their fantasies are like get panicked when they're like, oh, I was masturbating. Like this thought came to my brain and like, what does that mean? But it doesn't have to be like you said, the literal recreation of a fantasy, but there's certainly more to it, right? Like, what is it about? Is it just being in public? Is it that it was a stranger? Like what, what is it? Like hone it down. I feel like fantasies can vary so much that surely there are overlapping themes that you can then seek out in your real life sexual interactions yes and it doesn't have to be exactly like it was in that fantasy and you were so right like people will like get so like oh my gosh i can't believe i thought that like oh my god is something wrong with you? no yeah. that's wrong with you like <laughs> yeah. it is totally like i promise you i had a lot of weird fantasies about all of the dragons from house of the dragon like i'm just oh, gonna be up front yeah that's, <laughs> that's honestly everyone in that show period oh it's like the entire i think the things yeah. that i would i would pay money to have the entire cast of House of Dragon degrade me to the umph degree. I totally get that. <laughs> and it's, and it's you know what? And it's different energy from each and every one of them. And that's what keeps mm-hmm. it interesting. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, okay, I know that, um, what's his name? Uh, Matt, uh, whatever. What's his actual character name? Matt Smith. Yeah, uh, so Damon. There we go. Matt I know that Damon would do some physical, like, humiliating degrading oh, things yeah, yeah, he yeah. would totally be really deep with that impact play and i i for the love of everything i need um allison to just like like she oh would just God. be so great at like like verbal degrading like yeah and she would read me to film and i would just like i would i would melt i would melt yeah mm. she's she's out of everyone in my cast admittedly most my type <laughs> out of all of them i mean i i fuck with all of them though like all of them are good looking good looking people it's hard to disagree but like she yeah i mean, i don't need to go into that right now i'll, I'll, ju- I'll just journal i'll journal about that and i will get back to myself on that <laughs> i love it um so like when people kind of hone in on um and for right now i'm thinking mostly about that self-exploration component before integrating um kink with a new partner or introducing it to a pre-existing partner but like when people are starting to explore and practice like what are some baseline safety precautions and guidelines that people need to know in advance of that experimentation because I feel like people want to jump into things and I respect that enthusiasm and I have been there (laughs) but um as I'm sure we both know like it it comes at a cost if you don't so you have to kind of be prepared yes um so depending on the kink if it's like an actual like physical um activity like things like impact play or like breath play like doing your research to know like okay Mm -hmm. what do i need to know about the human body before i do things (laughs) to the human body because despite what you see on tv you can't just go hitting anybody anywhere on their body and think that it's hot especially your own body like I have done that multiple times where I like would try and demonstrate something and I'd hit myself and I was like, oh, bitch, no, that was that was too hard. <laughs> like you had yeah. to like understand and learn. Um, so like understanding the human body, if you're trying to do any like physical kinky activities, um, if it's more like sensation based, like if you're like temperature play, um, mm. figuring out like what type of temperature play is like 
important? Like, are you talking about like cool temperature where you're getting like glass dildos and putting them in the freezer? Or are you leaning more to like the warm side? And if so, mm-hmm. you got to be smart about that. Like you can burn yourself, y'all, depending on what you're doing with temperature. Like, yeah. It's like understanding um, the risk um, that come with the different types of kinks is extremely important. So if you're like, yo, I figured out that I am all about fisting. Like I want a full fist inside of my orifices beautiful i love you but make sure that you have done your research that you know like how to actually start with fisting because again despite what porn shows you they have to warm up before they shove a fist inside any more yeah. of this like they are not yeah. just like straight up going fist in the only places you could probably do that is your mouth if you can swallow a whole fist and that's not even the whole human population um so yeah. just like make sure that you like do your due diligence and you don't just assume like oh this thing is hot i can just go straight into doing it because the body is incredible, but the body also needs to be worked up to things. Like, just like you don't just like go straight to penetrative play. Um, mm-hmm. You gotta have some warm up or at least like some lube. Like you don't just like put stress on your body in terms of kink and BDSM activities um, and think that you're gonna walk away unscathed. You're gonna be scathed if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good point too, because I feel like um, the, the, like, it's it's the research and it's the physical preparation too. Like it's not, I, I don't know. I, I think at a time in my life and probably for other people, it's easy to be like, oh, this really turns me on. And when I'm alone and and I'm masturbating a, like to this idea, like, or if I see it in porn or whatever, I want it now and I want it immediately and I don't want to have to work to get there. And it mm-hmm. is not that simple no. um, at all i i feel like i what comes to mind though this is uh has like a medical component is in the tv show sex education um when have you seen it i haven't i'm a slacker okay, i'm okay. behind on my shows <laughs> that's totally fine i forgive you it, it it is pretty good especially for um you know those of us who like sex and shows about it and talking about it um but there's a character who's like um peak like alien tentacle porn nerd quirky gal um big fan of her and she's like you know writing all of these amazing alien fanfics and like she's super horny for all of this stuff and she finds a partner who um is like ready to do the play and they've got like a scene built out they're in costume and she has vaginismus and just like cannot experience penetration so obviously she gets a a, you know the sort of training kit affiliated with working your way up to being able to um accept vaginal penetration if you have vaginist but anyway like the point is like that's a great media example of someone who's like i'm horny i have the outfits like let's fucking do it and physically can't because there's some preparation that has to go into it and that's human and normal Yes, just like with like anal play. That's like always what I'm like. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's always like, oh yeah, I can just like do anal. I was like, you can't just do anal. Your butt is never just ready for anal. Like, <laughs> absolutely. If not. it is, you need to go see a doctor because your butt should not be that loose all the time. <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> um, but like, you have to take your time with it. And I feel like we also, I think that's also just like the problem of like our society that we've gotten to this point where it's like everything happens so quickly. Like we got Amazon, like we got streaming that's services. True. Like, what do we really wait for? Besides movies coming out, like, we don't really wait for anything anymore. (laughs) Literally nothing. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) I want it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I, um, before I started 
experiencing anal play for myself, which now like I'm like one of the biggest anal play proponents, especially if you have a prostate. I mean, like if you (laughs) – I say this literally every episode. I'm so sorry. But if you have a prostate, (laughs) like what are you doing if you're not making use of it? Um, Seriously. Honestly. I mean, the the clitoris is amazing and you can work it from all kinds of places you don't even know. So like that's great. But um, yes, no, obviously like the amount of preparation is so crucial and like also people will say oh yeah I tried it once and I hated it and it was like cool well did you have the tools you needed to be physically ready physically and emotionally ready it's like no it's like okay well that's why you hated it so if you give it a real shot you might like it you hate making out too if it was the exact same (laughs) rush situation as most anal play like you got honestly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 100 percent um so um is there a good way in your mind? I feel like this is kind of a deep question. Maybe maybe that's reflective of me. Is there a way in your mind that, you know, we as individuals can pinpoint whether or not we're trying to – we want to try something out because we really like it or because we were socialized into liking it? Ooh, I love – oh, yes, I love that. Okay, good. I was Ooh. like, uh, deep questions. <laughs> That's a, that is a really deep one, and I think it's an unnecessary deep question. Um, honestly, I think that the only way to really know is by trying, um, mm-hmm. because it's so hard to recognize what in our lives are there naturally and what is there because it was socialized. Like mm-hmm. I've been like thinking about this so much. I'm like, yo, do I like this because I like this, or do I like this because I've been socialized through yeah. all 28 years of my life? to follow in the suit of this to like these things um so I feel like the only real way is like to try things but also to like to try them with like the intentional introspection like really being Mm. like okay can I pinpoint what I actually enjoy about this or am I just saying I enjoy this because everybody else does like can you name those actual aspects so like in the case of like anal play because it is not for everybody um like are you saying you like it because you can name the things you like about it Mm. or are you saying you like it because you know cool people like us say that anal play is like the most amazing thing so like you're like oh shit i gotta like it if you don't we don't we're not we're not putting it against you no it's totally okay if you don't like anal play but like try it don't just say you don't like it because you just like we're like it's a butt butts are cool um but like i know i can name what i like about anal play i'm like no the Mm -hmm. full feeling like the minute a butt plug goes in i am the literal dirtiest slut you have ever fucking seen the minute a butt plug goes in i'm just like Oh my God, give it to me. (laughs) Um, And so I'm like, I can name the things I like about it. But like, if you ask me like, oh, do you like tartar sauce? I'm going to say no, I don't like tartar sauce. I can't name a thing about tartar sauce. The consistency is terrible. Like the flavor is weird. Like, no, I don't like tartar sauce. That's fair. And I can name the things about it that I don't like. Um, But like, yeah, that's the, what I've seen is like a way to understand, like, is it actually true to me or is it a socialized aspect of me? Um, and being able to name things makes that distinction a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel like this goes, this goes back to your point about, um, like journaling fantasies as well, is it really is like giving yourself space to be sincerely introspective as opposed to like breezing by stuff, um, which is also very easy, especially when it comes to stuff that we've been told we shouldn't spend that much time and energy thinking about. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, I, um, for me, like at least in my experience, I think there was a phase where I um, like I dabbled um, with my sexuality in high school. And then I was like, um, 
no, no, no. Like I just, you know, was dabbling in college and then like had a had an experience post-college. Anyway, my point being is like for a while it was like, am I queer because I've been told it's hot for like a cis woman to be into women? Like is is it because girl and girl action is hot to like cis men and like that's what I'm supposed to be doing and like I'm get I'm feeding into that fantasy and then I was like I'll just I'll just fuck some more people and see how I feel about that and like I'm not saying you have to fuck the rainbow but I am saying that like if you're thinking about it you should try it yes also like um same I'm like I also had this like question to myself too and I was like am I and I'm like yeah no because if I see some tits if I can touch some tits oh god if I can taste pussy like yeah no I'm on cloud and I know no I Okay. Oh, I'm gay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. So I feel like we're touching on this a little bit, but like, let's let's think about a scenario where, um, you know, kinksters are trying to initiate or approach the topic of kink with a new partner um, who either isn't familiar or may have like different interests or comfort levels. Um, How do you recommend like approaching that topic? I recommend using social media and like other content out there um, because for the bulk of society, we have not been given tools to communicate around difficult topics. We have only been taught how to like talk about like the weather and like normal niceties. <laughs> um, like yeah. we don't even know how to handle conflict unless we've gone to therapy for years and like our therapist is like, okay, okay, it's bothering <laughs> you. So like you have to talk about it. So like how yeah. the hell are you going to just like randomly talk about kinky BDSM, especially when we live in such a sex negative society. So I am the like, I will always and forever encourage everyone like use social media, like the amount of sex mm. educators and kink educators that are out there. You ain't got to do the heavy lifting no more. I promise you we're doing it for you. We are making the Instagram posts and the TikToks. All you got to do is be following the right people and mm-hmm. then send that and be like, yo, I just saw this and I'm intrigued. Are you intrigued? And that's all, like, that. all you got to do. You don't even got to be like, I'm kinky. Like, get on my level yeah. like you can literally just open the conversation around like hey i saw this thing i thought it was interesting what do you think about this thing um like it's so low stakes low pressure um and it doesn't mean that you outright have to be like i'm kinky because for a lot of people that's like an it's a different form of like coming out and so like that mm. can be real intimidating to like because you don't always know how people are going to react so actually being like oh well I'm just, I want to throw this idea out there um, in a low stakes manner is a lot less scary. Um, also, because like, if you especially don't feel like you have the tools or the knowledge to be able to like truly educate somebody, um, using social media and sex educators and kink educators is taking all that weight off your plate as well, because you're like, oh, I don't have to actually be able to explain to you all the principles of safety in terms of kink and BDSM practices. Like they already explained it. Here you go. Which one seems like feel like the best, like it will encompass everything that you're needing. Um, So like, you don't have to be the pro. No one's expecting you to be a pro yet. Like I would hope that you do grow in the craft, (laughs) Um, but like you don't have to be, you know, freaking, I don't even have a good, you don't have to be like jet setting Jasmine and King Noir. The minute sure, sure, that you sure, like yeah. try and introduce King to a new partner. Like you're right. allowed to be like the little novice little baby. This like, Hey, this harness feels really good on me. And wearing this with the dildo <laughs> makes me kind of want to bend you over. Like it's okay. <laughs> you don't gotta be the pro. 
Yes. No, I feel like that's kind of revolutionary, honestly, because I feel like when I when I talk to other sex educators, other sex coaches, when I like read about sex and communication, it's like for me, at least my takeaway and this is, again, probably reflective of me as a person, but um, is it's like, okay, I'm going to sit down with my partner and I'm going to say I've been seeing things on the Internet about using you know, ice cubes in bed. Well, I'll keep it. <laughs> I'll keep it simple. That was the one I pulled out of my ass. Um, and I'm just wondering if you'd be interested in me bringing an ice cube to the bedroom. Like, you know what I mean? And like, like I've been, I've been, you know, I've been meditating on this thought and I just wanted to present it to you. And like, and it doesn't have to be that. Like, no. like even, and I, I have been with my partner for several years and like we have explored the ends of the sexual world together and like I still to this day if I bring up stuff sexually I sometimes want to throw up in my mouth because I'm like this is a high stakes conversation and we we will get divorced if he does not want to fuck me this way like it's it's like not like not the case but um having having a social media that's like it's blowing my mind and I'm one of the people posting about sex on social media so like fuck And like, no, but it, you're so right, though. It does feel like such a high stakes conversation. Like, again, also, this goes to show y'all, even when this is your career, this is what you do. Like, we're all still in the same boat majority of the time. Because I, too, married to my husband, like, been together for years and had the time mm-hmm. just like, oh, I got to bring this up. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, so, like, it's completely normal. Um, and I now am, like, a firm believer. Like, I just the other day, like, Afrosexology had shared a post and it was like, what do you consider cheating? Um, and so, like, I went mm. through and I, like, answered it and then I sent it to my husband and I was like I'm curious as to what your answers are because I'm like we don't we've never had a conversation around like what we actually consider cheating um also because like that's not something that either um, one of us is ever worried about on the other especially because like being married to a sex educator I'm like I tell you everything literally everything (laughs) so like if there was ever a chance that I was like yo I want to fuck them I would say something to you um but so I was like I this is interesting we haven't talked about this so I was like let me send it via social media instead of just texting him and be like what do you consider cheating because like (laughs) also like that that approach definitely reads like I'm gonna cheat on you like you know um and it was actually like a really great conversation because he sent it back and I was like okay this is interesting like we're pretty much aligned outside of like three areas like he thinks that receiving um expensive gifts from people might be considered cheating and I was like I don't ever consider getting a gift from nobody cheating. Like if somebody <laughs> else want to spend the money and I ain't got to do it, yeah. do it, do it, do it. Um, the other one was, um, and he was all maybes. There were like only like one. Yes. And I think we agreed on the yes, but the other maybe was on like sending nudes to people. Um, mm. which is like, that's when I'm like, I see how you landed on maybe. Cause I'm like, you can't say yes. And I'm like, I got only fans. So like I do send nudes right. to people. Um, yeah, but also, yeah. um, I literally send my friends nudes all the time. I'm just like, don't I look hot today? <laughs> I love um, that. So it's like, but yeah, it's like, it felt like a high stakes conversation, but I was like, this is not something we've discussed and it's something that I think should be discussed. Um, so let me just use social media to do this. Um, but yeah. Moral of all of that is just to say, you're not alone, listeners, non-sex educator folk. Like, we all have the same feels around having these yeah. conversations, um, but we just recognize that you got to have them. Yeah. I No, I'm going to start actually doing that. Not to say that 
I'm incapable of having a face-to-face conversation with my partner. But I think it's that it's a fun and interesting way to start a conversation. Um, so I'm going to do it, and then I will tell you what posts I ended up sending. Okay, unless, good. <laughs> unless it's, like, a weird thing and I'm embarrassed, but probably not. I'm usually not embarrassed. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I think um, – one of one of the things that people, um, you know, chat with me about when introducing a new partner or pre-existing partner to king exploration is like making sure that their partner isn't just consenting to it to like appease them, right? How do you actually address um, consent and boundary setting when you um, have a partner who's like? yeah, like, if you like it, I like it. Like, if you want to try it, I want to try it, as opposed to them really, like, kind of being fully on board. Yeah. See, that one's a tough one because, obviously, that is very much their person. Like, that's how they yeah. are in, like, all the uh, – a bunch of different situations. So it's, like, uh, yeah, it's a whole other thing that you would have to, like, try and address, like, outside of that situation. Um, And so I would really say, like, in the midst of it, like, if y'all – if they're, like, you like it, so I like it, so, like, let's try it. So, like, go ahead and, like, start the trying, but, like, make sure you are very – intimately paying attention to them because like mm-hmm. one thing about human beings we can only hide so much and I promise you them facial expressions <laughs> are gonna come if they are feeling some type of way so just like paying attention to them and doing continuous check-ins be like hey are do you want to like take a break are you feeling uncomfortable is this like not in your real house like totally fine if it isn't um but just like making it so that way you're paying attention to them and making the space because also at the end of the day like for folks that are like if you want to do it like I'll like yeah if you want to do it I want to do it like it's a people-pleasing thing um and so people pleasers generally have not had the space to be like actually i don't really Mm -hmm. enjoy this um so like making that space can help to make it a lot easier for them to be like you know what i thought that i could get on board with watching your um like ducktales parody porn (laughs) but it's a little too much for me and this is tainting a childhood favorite so (laughs) i was gonna say that we should change (laughs) I love DuckTales, and I have never, ever thought of them in that context, and my brain is... I don't know why I went straight to cartoon kinky porn. I have no idea, but that's where I went. We've all, hey, we've all been down that rabbit hole, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it really doesn't. You like, know what? It, you're right, because I will. there's nothing ever wrong with some Velma Daphne lesbian cartoon I was literally never. going to say, I have Scooby-Doo'd my whole life in all areas of my life, and I mean, it just, yeah. All of them do it for me. I, that you said, House of the Dragon. I'll say Scooby too. <laughs> I love all it. of them. All of them. Not Scooby though, because I'm not into dogs. But um, yeah, but, like uh, he can like everyone. be in the corner, like row, row, raggy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. I mean, if he's a human being in a dog costume, that's fine. That works. That does work. Animals, animals can't consent. Um, so <laughs> just a side note. Um, so. One of the things, too, so when you were talking about that, I was thinking through, um, like, easy things to implement. And I guess for folks who are new to kink or BDSM, like, is there ever something that's, like, quote-unquote not kinky enough to use a safe word for? Or can everyone have a safe word and that's an easy way to have a partner, like, tap out of stuff? Oh, oh my God. I am the biggest like supporter of safe words in all aspects. Not even just like the sexy kinky area of your life. Like we have safe words for our emotional like positionality in our relationships. Like if we are feeling some type of way, like we have a like if I'm like, yo, no, not feeling it, like my husband knows he can be like, 
are you feeling lavender? And I'm like, no, bro, I'm not lavender. Like, I'm about to pop the fuck off right now. Um, I so I am a strong, strong, strong supporter. Like, even in, like, fights, we have safe words. If we are in the midst of a disagreement or an argument um, and someone says, go fish, that is, like, time out. Like, no, bro, we need to pause, reevaluate, and come back. Um, so I think that it is a great idea to have a... Um, safe word while exploring kink um so not even just like for the activity like even if you're just watching like kinky porn to like see what y'all might be interested into having a safe word that's like peanut butter <laughs> peanut butter um this is getting a little a little too a little too a little too up there for me um like no absolutely because it one it means that you don't have to try and formulate the words to describe mm-hmm. how you're feeling because i think that's also where a lot of the trouble lies is like especially in the heat of the moment, it's so hard to try and actually express how you're feeling because your Mm -hmm. emotions are heightened. Your like nervous system is like all kinds of flustered. Like I can't always formulate when I'm mad. I like, can't tell you why I'm mad or how I'm feeling. I'm just like, right. I'm emotionally not at a level that's good right now. So like having a safe word is like cuts out all the messiness of having to really communicate things. You could just leave it at like "Mm, apricot, apricot, homie. (laughs) Like that's, that's apricot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I love that I, well having having them for everything makes me so happy because I do I'm like such a I personally very anxious and my partner is a fantastic grounding element in my life but he is not as anxious so sometimes when I'm like spiraling and he's like hmm, what's going on here <laughs> like I'm like I don't have words but I'm clearly like visibly panicked about something and I don't can't articulate it would be so nice to just have a word. I mean, that's great. And certainly something that like is, I think maybe for folks who are newer to kink and BDSM, maybe easier to implement actually yeah. in a day to day and then integrate it into the bedroom or couch or whatever. Um, in order, in order to make that like more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Because also, like that's I think another thing within like kink and BDSM itself is that folks are nervous or apprehensive to use their um safe word as you're getting started Mm because you feel like oh i'm gonna kill the mood and like all these things like no safe words are totally like they're created to be used so getting used Mm -hmm. to actually using a safe word in a non-sexual non-kinky situation already empowers you to be comfortable in a sexy kinky situation to be like oh apricot bro you were spanking way too fucking hard you better calm down (laughs) um so like i say it's like you are someone that's like i don't feel comfortable like even if you were someone that's already not comfortable talking up during sex in the first place, using safe words outside of sex will get you used to being able to say stuff. And then using a safe word during sex will be much more commonplace for you. Because mm-hmm. also another thing that we are not taught as a society is like how to actually communicate during sex. Like most people are not good at being like, actually, this isn't fun. Or like, actually, I need you to like go harder, like be softer. Like most people don't feel comfortable doing that. They're like, yeah, just like kind of, just let it happen because I didn't know how to like say that I wasn't having fun and I'm like see no we need to know how to say that because if you're not having fun why the hell are we doing it for sure yeah and also like I don't know I if you end up in a situation where you're like like just a little traumatized or a lot of traumatized because you um yeah end up having a situation that you're that doesn't feel consensual in the moment um when obviously even if that's not the intent of your partner um it just yeah it's um it's important to know how to communicate and that's that's a great way of doing it um so i guess um sort of sort of on the same vein like what what are some common challenges um that people face do you think when when introducing kink into 
uh, a dynamic? I think that one of the most common ones is like immediate rejection. Um, in the mm. sense of like you tell your partner like, oh, I'm really interested in this thing, and you like just like throw it all at them, um, and they like have like a seemingly like negative reaction to it, um, and are kind of like WTF? Why the hell would I ever be interested in this? Um, mm. and so I like to remind people like. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to use the OG Charmed reference here. Um, because, like, if you've ever seen OG Charmed, in the earlier seasons, Prue cast, like, a true spell to see how Andy would react when he told when she told him that she was a witch. Um, mm-hmm. But the way she did it, she told him with, like, maybe, like, three minutes left before the spell, like, stopped. And then, like, it wasn't in place anymore and all that jazz. <laughs> um, and then later in the seasons, when, like, he finally does learn, he, like, asks, like, okay, but how much time did you give me when you first told me? And she's, like, like two minutes. And he's, like, you expected me to have, like, a, you know? So, like, taking yeah. time to recognize that, like, our initial reactions, one, are usually our socialized reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not, like, our true selves. Like, they're what we are told we're supposed to respond to things like. So not always taking things as, like, your partner's reaction being, like, exactly how they're feeling about it. Because that's probably just how they think they're supposed to respond to something. Like, someone hearing, like, oh, yeah, I like to watch, like, Gorgon porn. Or, like, I like to dress up like a Gorgon and act like I turned you to stone and you can't actually move, but I'm going to ride your hard dick. Um, Like, that that's could awesome. be, like... <laughs> <laughs> really I don't know where all these are coming from I'm really gonna have to like a journal after this <laughs> um, but like hearing that might be like that's really weird like I don't know I don't want to be turned to stone like what is this you Medusa like blah 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 um but like if they like go take some time for themselves like really sit and like actually like one you're not really turning me to stone you're not a gorgon like it's okay two like it sounds fun and interesting. So, like, recognizing that, like, if their immediate reaction is negative, it more than likely is not their true reaction. It is their socialized mm-hmm. reaction. Um, and just, like, giving them the space to sit with things, but also not putting pressure on them to have to give you an answer um, can help with that, re- like, the negative reaction or just reactions in general. Being like, hey, so I'm interested in this. I'm not saying that you have to tell me yes or no right now. I just wanted to share this with you so we can talk about it a little bit later. Um, so I think that is the first one. Um, and then the second one is on the opposite side of the spectrum with like the over eager partners that are, are like just so gun ho that they're like, Oh yeah. That they jump off the deep end. And then the next day you wake up and they have created a whole kink BDSM suite in your bedroom. And you're like, I said that I'd like to try spanking. And somehow <laughs> you have purchased gags and Wartenberg wheels and electro stem play toys. Like how did we get here? Um, yeah. So definitely like being very clear in the communication. So that way you don't have the overeager person that comes and then somehow you are being suspended from or <laughs> ceiling that you should not be suspended from and ties that you should not be tied up in. Um, but I think those are like the two big ends. It's like either you have like this negative response or this like overexcited response. And like, there's like mm. the middle ground is like so hard to find. And you're just like, okay, but I don't know what to do in this situation now. I was not expecting you to go either one of these ways. I was expecting like, a, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> like a happy medium. I did not get the Goldilocks effect right now. <laughs> um, that's yeah. No, I, the, the rejection makes, I think it's probably what I would have expected more to hear, but the the like over enthusiastic, there's something like sweet and wholesome about that, but also something that's really terrifying. <laughs> like, wow, I wasn't a part of the conversation that you had with yourself about this. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so like once once it's 
once it's evened out, right? Like let's let's say people have started dabbling together, they're exploring together. How can how can people determine what like kink compatibility looks like? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um it's also a really interesting one because I think that I think that there's like this like notion that like our kinks are going to be our partner's kinks and that is right. not necessarily the case <laughs> like we are all our own individuals different things interest in, interest us all we've all like gone through different experiences in our life that have made us be like oh you know what actually being spanked with a spank board a skateboard sounds really hot um so like you have to recognize that like we're all going to be very different um and then it's a matter of like your relationship and the conversations y'all have in terms of like like finding some middle ground or like figuring out how y'all are going to address those differences if they mm. exist um because like it is like i can 100 guarantee you that most people engaging in kink and bdsm are not 100 percent compatible like they do not share every same kink and fetish and mm-hmm. bdsm activity that they want to engage in um so it's a conversation of really being like okay so like what really matters to you? Like, if you are somebody that's like, I am a submissive, like, I know for a fact that I'm a submissive, like, that just, like, I need it. Um, and I need a dominant partner. Um, but your partner is not a dominant. Your partner's like, I can't take control. I, I don't like this. Like, y'all need to have a conversation about, like, how important that is to you um, mm. in terms of your relationship, but also as you as an individual, and then, like, find some reconciliation. Because if you're like, it's important to me as an individual, it's not necessarily important that you have to be my dominant, then having a conversation. Okay, so what type of submission are you looking for? Like, is it literally that you just would like a dom that tells you what to do um, to take that away from you and let you fall into subspace around like making decisions? If you're like, okay, mm-hmm. so every time we go out to dinner, instead of like you being my dom, like I can text my dom who I met like on FetLife. It's just like a online relationship and I can text him and be like, here's the menu. What should I order? Like things of that nature. Like yeah. you can communicate with each other to find different ways, especially if like your kink um, activity is not like a physical activity. Mm -hmm. um especially for the more psychological ones like y'all can have a conversation about ways to like navigate around that um but if it is like a relationship thing then also just deciding like okay is this something that you're willing to try for your partner for your relationship um and then going the right avenues like if you were like okay i want to learn how to be a dom because i know that you're submissive you want to really be in that submissive role and i really want to be able to provide the dominance for you so like going like i know luna matadas um another sex educator has mm-hmm. a workshop um about like becoming a dom and things of that nature so like there's things out there that can help you with those skills if like there is some disconcordance between you and your partner's kinks and you're like no i want to have this i want to be able to provide this for my partner um but also recognizing that there's lots of different ways that you can engage in kinky bdsm and they don't necessarily have to be exactly with the person you're engaging with because also like if your partner doesn't know how to like actually do rope bondage your partner should not be tying you up (laughs) um but there's different ways that you can go and have somebody else tie you up and it's not also it's like the delineation of like how you're viewing these things like some people Mm. view kinky activities as strictly sexual they're like nah this is 
solely sexual. Other people view it in more like a physical, like p- pleasurable sensation, but not in a sexy way. Um, mm-hmm. So like understanding those differences as well, because I'm like, if I know, like I love to be tied up and it's not always in a sexual way, but like, I just like to feel rope on me um, and things of that nature. I could go and like have yeah. like a professional rigor actually tie me up. And it's not like a sexual type of like cheating type of thing. Also that whole thing, like of me sending that to my partner, like, what do you consider cheating? Having that conversation yeah. of like, how, what would you consider cheating within like the realm of kink and BDSM? also helps you to work with like when things are not perfectly aligned yeah no that's a really good point and i think people um and and it's easy it's easy to do this it's it's, i think people assume certain things that can have sexual affiliations are automatically and inherently sexual um so it's a it's a really good point that there is like our bodies are capable of so many different types of sensations and we should embrace those that feel good that that bring us joy that feel empowering you know whatever that looks like for you but it doesn't have to come in this perfect little wrap box of like i'm magically in love with one person and this one person gives me everything i need because that's not what relationships look like for pretty much anyone even if you are you know monogamous and heterosexual like it's it comes in a bunch of different packages but um packages pun intended you know what (laughs) pun intended on package um uh yeah, so that's a really that's a really good point. Um and definitely um I think that's definitely something to noodle on um for myself too. But I think we as a society put so much pressure on the concept of orgasm and that like mm. people which I mean we we love an orgasm, like yay, but also at the same time, like it doesn't have to happen the way that it happens in movies, right? Like just because Evan Rachel Wood came at the same time as some lifeguard in whatever movie <laughs> this is isn't revealing a lot about me and the things like Google. Um whatever. They magically came at the same time while she was on top with no clitoral stimulation. I mean, good for her, but um <laughs> like that's not how it goes, right? And it's also like just because you're not magically coming at the same time as your partner or partners like doesn't mean that you're not sexually compatible I feel like I should just say that too because people are like well we we did the we did the impact play and I liked it but I didn't come so like maybe it's not maybe I'm not that into it like that doesn't have to have anything to do with it no well. not at all um so I think um one thing I quickly want to touch on is just like when power dynamics do arise um when exploring kink and BDSM, um, whether physical or not, to your point, like what are what are some things that people should be mindful of when trying to maintain like a healthy and like equitable power balance? Um, well, definitely defining it. If you are getting into a power dynamic relationship, you need to clearly define what y'all mean by it because we all have different definitions. Like I personally would can I think of power dynamics like pretty much like in the bedroom outside of like like I call my husband daddy like there's that aspect of it but like there's not really like a 24 7 like power dynamic where I'm like oh I need to run this by my dom and like all these types of things so like having a clear idea of what each other means in terms of power dynamics is extremely important because as with all things in terms of like language and understanding like we all attach different meanings to so much stuff that we could have such miscommunication in terms of power dynamics if we're over here thinking like, oh yeah, like we had sex last night and I was a sub, they were the dom and like, that's it. And they're still in like, I'm the dom, they're the sub and they call you in the middle of the workday and they're like, 
you didn't send me a picture of your lunch today. I don't understand. <laughs> like you got to right. make sure you make yeah. everything clear. Um, But also within like the parameters of like where this exists, like, is this something that mm-hmm. you want to be in all aspects of your life? Or is this something that you're like, nah, we keep this in the bedroom Um, in terms of like pre-planned scenes. It's not this 24 seven thing. Um, also like what's our flexibility and like adjusting it like are we checking in like every other week are we checking in like Mm. every quarter like making sure that the communication is there so that way everybody feels heard um because it's very easy like especially for newer folks when you like get into a power dynamic and you are on the submissive side of the dynamic like you might not feel as comfortable or like you have the space to say the things that you want to say and things that nature so like making sure the communication Mm. is clear so that people know like okay yes i'm your dom you are my sub we are in this dynamic and i also want you to always tell me everything so even if we're in the midst of the scene say the safe word and then tell me what you want to tell me be like hey actually like i'm just not in subspace right now i really can't do this right now i think i need to break like i yeah. just got too much in my head like say what you got to say um don't just think that because the titles and the honorifics got attached like everything else goes out the window like no those honorifics don't instantly just like solve all the communication pieces those honorifics just right. complicated all the communication pieces personally <laughs> um but yeah. yeah yeah a good point and i think also um le- leads me to just wondering i guess like how how do you establish the intimacy to be able to or the trust I guess in order to um, make sure that you know all parties are comfortable kind of no matter what their power dynamic position is oh now that that one is a tough one because trust I'm just is like this so like sorry. tricky no don't apologize um trust is just this like really tricky thing um in all relationships um and when you try and add power dynamics to it too especially for folks if you've already been engaging in kinky bdsm um to like move on to a new partner like how does trust look um like there's so many different components and so i think that this one's really like a personal experience Mm. like you need to check you need to figure out how you trust like i know me like i am an instantly like if you give me a nice enough look, I'm going to trust you. Maybe not with my life, but to a very high degree. Um, Like I will trust you instantly. Um, And so like you have to recognize, like I I now know that my instantaneous trust of people is super fucking naive and dumb sometimes. Um, Mm. And so like, I have to be very cognizant of situations. Like, should you be putting all your trust in this person? Um, Come on, kiddo. Uh, so, like, <laughs> making sure that you're aware of yourself to know, like, okay, I naturally don't question people's intentions. I just think the good there's good in everyone, and I think they always have the best intentions. And maybe that's not the smartest plan, especially engaging in power dynamics and um, potentially dangerous, like, activities. Um, so, like, checking, like, how you can be more aware of trust mm. um, and how trusting you are. And then also figuring out, like, what questions you can actually ask people to see if you fully are comfortable trusting them. Like, you that's the beautiful thing about kinky bdsm like it is all about communication and like negotiating so like ask mm. those questions be like yo okay like and honestly i love hypotheticals for this like to get a better idea of like trusting someone use hypotheticals like i love it like i'm gonna put you on the spot and i'm gonna ask okay we're we're married we're i'm pregnant we're about to have the baby it's me and the baby who you saving like ask the hypotheticals <laughs> like really get an idea yeah, um maybe yeah. don't go to that extreme of asking about near near death situations but like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah it's like bridgerton i'm getting bridgerton vibes like 
Anthony, it's the mom of the baby. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. If, is it like, maybe that's a sex educator thing? Like, are we watching Bridgerton too many times? Like, I, <laughs> help. I don't think there's such a thing as watching Bridgerton too many times. I, I want to be, I want to be in period piece accurate costume while I get fucked. Help me. Oh my um, God, that'd be so hot. I went to the Bridgerton ball and I was like, damn, damn. Your face. Every time, literally, I'm so. My partner sends me the things, and I'm like, you know, like it's already sold out. Like he'll be like, oh, by the way, I heard the Bridgerton ball experiences this week, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now you tell me. I'm upset. Also, I'm gonna spend eight thousand dollars on my costume, but whatever. Um, Right. Yeah. So, where can people find you? Because um, your account covers a ton of this stuff, for one. Um, And then, if you have any additional resources or communities that you recommend for people who are dabbling in the kinkster world um where where should we go yes um so if you are looking for me you can find me on instagram at millennial sexpert you can also find me on tiktok at call me dr fn literally the letter is fn um and then i'm also on twitter at dr fn sex ed um, and then I have a YouTube channel, which is like, if you're really like, I want to learn Javay, that's, that's where you go. That's where you could just sit and learn for hours. Um, just search Javay to Bay on YouTube. And then I have a website. It's the millennial Um, but if you're like, where do I start with kinky things? Um, if you are not on FetLife, I recommend it as a great resource, especially just in the normalizing aspect of like seeing like, wow, there's all these different like groups of people that like this kink. There's all these people on this website that are just here for kink and BDSM and fetish. Um, so FetLife is a great opportunity. It's essentially just like a Facebook for kinky folks. Um, Amazing. And so then also, like, obviously, there's so many other educators. If you're really, like, looking for kink-specific stuff, um, I recommend the Kink Educator on Instagram and then Kim of the Internet on Instagram and TikTok, um, two really amazing kink education resources. Um, But, yeah, also books. I recommend starting with books if you're, like, intimidated by having to interact with other people. reading there's so many kinky bdsm books out there um and also like it's a really good just activity like you read a book get on your kindle no one (laughs) even knows what you're reading um but yeah that's all the places to find me and also if you're like javay like i don't know any other places i can go for kink stuff you can always dm me i'm happy to answer them i might be a little slow to it but i will always answer you Amazing. We love an open DM situation. It's It can be overwhelming. I don't know about you, but the Instagram DMs, yeah, can be like, woo, I didn't ask for this today. But, um, right? <laughs> but, but for the most part, it's welcome. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Javay, you've been amazing. I, like I said, was like so excited to chat with you. Um, I know I threw some deep, difficult questions. I was about to say deep and hard, and then I was like, correct it. Um, <laughs> but okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, I threw some stuff at you and, um, unsurprisingly you, uh, answered everything in such a, like, I've got, my brain juices are flowing and that's how I always want to leave a podcast recording. So, um, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, we'll catch you on the, on the flip side. (laughs)